0: Hey guys, it's Simon. this is wrestling unlimited as we are here on the what's today's date 25th of August 2021 to talk about everything that went down tonight on AEW Dynamite and I know this is gonna be a what do they call it hot take I know people are gonna disagree with this but I felt like this was a nothing happening show nothing Interested me that much on the night show, and the crowd was dead, and I mean dead from the start of that main event to the end of the show. Like that match started, and they got hyped up when Malachi Black made his way down to the ring. We'll talk all about this when we get there. Malachi Black makes his way down to the ring, crowd gets all hyped up, but then the match takes place, and the longer this match goes. The quieter the crowd gets till the match ends, and they're just silent. Then, you know what? I'm going to save this. I'm going to save this. But all I'm going to say is they sucked all the wind out of the crowd at the end of this show. And this, to me, was one of their weaker shows of the year, if not one of the weaker dynamites ever. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching live, you can help us out a couple of different ways. If you're watching on Twitch, you can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel right here on Twitch one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription Or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you subscribe to us right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. All you got to do is take your Amazon account, link it to your Twitch account, and there you go. And if you say, well, I don't have an Amazon account. Well, go ask your mommy, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your aunt, your uncle, your grandma, your grandpa, the guy that works at Starbucks down the road, the girl that bagged your groceries this morning at Safeway. Say, hey, you have Amazon Prime? Oh, you do? Can I use it? Can I link it to my Twitch account so I can go subscribe to PW Unlimited on Twitch? Please, please, please. Thank you. I'd greatly appreciate it. Doesn't have to be your Twitch account or Twi- Amazon account anybody's amazon prime account but on the flip side if you're watching over on youtube you can help us out a couple of different ways you can help us out with a super chat or a super sticker donation all super chats do get read live on the air also you can help us out by subscribing to the channel as a channel member as a channel member you get early access to news podcast episodes which we're supposed to be doing one of those tomorrow special podcast early access members and Patreon subscribers, but anyways, early access to news, podcast episodes, non-news videos, and so much more, plus, get that badge and the emoji next to your name, how cool is that? But remember, the most direct way to support us is to head over to PW Unlimited's Instagram, no, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited, and if you can't watch live, well, don't worry about it, because you're probably listening on podcast services all around the world, like Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor.fm, and so many more. But we got Dynamite to talk about. Again, a show that didn't really pique my interest that much. I don't know about you guys. Let me know in the comments below or in the live chat. which you thought of tonight's Dynamite. But the show opened up, Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy. And I go, okay. And at one point, Jim Ross calls him Max. He goes, oh, and Max... Matt Hardy, and I'm like, ha, 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 always messing up, always messing up, anyways, um, Gabriel, no, we are not talking Rampage spoilers in this video, there will be a separate video put up for Rampage spoilers, but we are not talking Rampage spoilers, Rampage is being filmed right now. We are not talking Rampage spoilers. If you post Rampage spoilers, I didn't think I had to say this, but if you post Rampage spoilers in the chat, you will get timed out, and if you do it a second time, you will get banned. So no, no Rampage spoilers, just because people don't want to be spoiled. That's why we put the Rampage spoilers, we will, in a separate video. That way, if someone goes, no, I don't want to be spoiled for Rampage. I just want to watch it when it airs, they don't have to click that spoiler video. So again... With spoilers in in the live chat, you're gonna get timed out. Do it a second time, yeah, it's gonna get banned because people don't want to be spoiled. Not everybody cares about spoilers. Some people go, "No, I'm gonna watch it Friday, and I'm gonna watch it and not know what happens till I watch it." So, I want to respect that. I want to respect those people. With that, match starts off: it's Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy, and the crowd was into it at first. Matt Hardy, or Orange Cassidy does this kick and then you go, oh, and then Matt, delete, oh, delete, oh, delete. And they do that for a good 90 seconds or whatever. And they finally get to some action. Hardy put his hands in his pockets and pulled out money. Orange dropped, kicked it out of his hands. Orange went for a tope suicida, so but Hardy caught it and hit a side effect on the floor. Back in the ring, Hardy hit repeated back suplexes. He mocked Orange's lack laz, lazy, I always fuck this word up. He mocked Orange's lackadaisical kicks and hit an elbow for a two. After another suplex, Hardy took his money back to back that Orange had taken from him and hit a leg drop for a two. He sent Orange into the corner with a hammer throw, but Orange countered a second. He went for a beach break and Matt fought out as Orange's. Uh, back seemed to start hurting him here. Hardy hit a splash mountain and got a two off of it. Hardy then set up for a twist of fate, but Orange kept rolling out of the way. Orange countered a twist of fate and sent Hardy to the floor before taking him out with a tope suicida. This time, it was successful. He followed it up with a diving crossbody and a floating-over DDT. Hardy was then busted open bad from his nose, not sure exactly what happened. Hopefully, it's not a broken nose. But possibly, because he was gushing blood out of his nose. Uh, they fought on the top rope until Orange sent Hardy to the mat. He mocked Jeff Hardy's pose and hit a hands-in-pocket swanton bomb. Orange then went for a twist of fate, but Hardy countered it, or countered out of it and hit a diving elbow for a two. Orange came back with a twist of fate and got a near fall off of it. Hardy avoided an orange punch and went for the leech submission. Orange turned it into a hands-in-pocket cradle and picked up the victory. So, yes, Orange Cassidy does defeat Matt Hardy here. They go to the back where Malachi Black talking about his matchup coming in the main event with Brock Anderson. he agrees with their father. Said he's in over his head, Brock, that is. Black demanded that when the bell rings, Brock apologizes. That doesn't happen. Black will take out his anger on Brock, Arn, Cody, and anyone else remotely associated with the Nightmare family. Jericho then came out, and I go, oh, this could be interesting. And then by the end of it, this was stupid. And I'm going to rag on the fans here in a moment, too. So, Jericho makes his entrance... And they play Judas, and the crowd sings Judas and everything. And cool. Great entrance, like always. Said he's disappointed, though, at his loss last week to MJF, not only for the third time, but he tapped out. Commentary then goes, I don't think we've ever seen Chris Jericho tap out in his entire career. Well, maybe he did somewhere else, but I don't remember. And I'm like, okay, they're trying to put out Chris Jericho's never tapped out in 20-something years? Okay. So... He put himself, he said he put himself through all this punishment and labors for what? For what? He said he had to beat MJF because it's like a mantra running back through his head. Beat MJF, beat MJF, beat MJF. Crowd starts chanting, beat MJF, beat MJF, beat MJF. Jericho said he would continuously call out and attack MJF until this is over. And my first thought was, oh, no. Oh, no, it's not over. They're going to keep doing this. He then called for MJF to come out to the ring because he's got a proposal for him. MJF didn't show. Jericho proposed one more match at All Out a week from Sunday. That if he couldn't beat MJF this time, then he knows he doesn't belong competing in the ring in AEW. That if MJF beats him, he will never wrestle in AEW again, and he will start his commentary career early, which again, early. He's already starting commentary. He's going to be on the commentary team every week for rampage. I, I don't get that one. Anyways, MJF finally came out and goes, Christopher, this is embarrassing. He said, just, just leave it alone. Leave me alone. When I heard that you were talking about me in the back, I knew this wasn't going to be any good. He said, the only reason that Jericho is obsessed with MJF? Because he needs the rub from the youngest Fastest rising star in professional wrestling history. However, while being able to say, quote, I tapped out Chris Jericho is cool, saying, quote, I ended Chris Jericho would make me legendary. He accepted the match and told Jericho, be careful because he's better than him and Jericho knows it. And I go on Twitter here and I go, oh, they're going to do another MJF. Jericho match. And you see the fans going, Oh my god, we're actually getting it. MJF Jericho at all out. This is gonna be great. This is gonna be great. And I go, What the fuck? This is gonna be great. Fans are praising that they're doing Jericho MJF again. Yet they said that last week was supposed to be the end. Now, I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm gonna do it anyways. If this was WWE, and they said we're gonna do a match, it's Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre. They're going to fight tonight, and then it's over. Winner wins. Loser loses. will not see it again. And then two and a half weeks later, they're just going to do it again at the pay-per-view? People would lose their mind shitting on WWE. But because it's AEW, you can't say anything bad. You got to be like, oh, this is going to be great. We get it again. But again, if this was the Fed, if this was up north, if this was AEW or WWE, and they pulled this bullshit by saying, the match, the fifth labor is it. And then two and a half weeks later, we're going to get it again. Fucking fans would shit and dog on them for days. But because it's AEW, oh, well, this is great. I can't wait to see this match again. Why do we need a fourth? Jericho MJF match if Jericho's already lost to the fucker three times if MJF is 3-0 against Jericho who the fuck cares about seeing a fourth match and I mean does anyone really think Jericho loses I get it I get it I said the same thing last week does anyone think Jericho loses the fifth labor to MJF he ended up losing but to put his career on the line like are you kidding me? Like I said, like I said, fans are going crazy. We're getting MJF Jericho at the pay-per-view all out. It's going to be great. But if this was WWE where we got, like I said, McIntyre, Orton on Raw, and then they said, coming up at WrestleMania Backlash. We're going to get or- or the same match, even though they said that was it. Fans would say, I don't want to see it. I'm not even going to watch the show because they're just doing this. I don't understand it. People have double standards. And it's like they said, this is the fifth labor. And MJF said, I'm done with you after this. This is it. Win or lose. Whoever wins, loses. I'm going to win. da, 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 da. And then they just say, you know what? Sure. We'll do it again. It's dumb. Not that they're doing it again. Trust me, I already shit on AEW for doing the the Christian um, Christian Omega title matches. Do another Christian Omega title match a couple weeks later. This is basically the same thing. But at least with Christian and Omega, they didn't say, "Oh, after this first match, it's over." No, but they said, "After Jericho MJF, this is the end." But it's not. And so for the fans. To praise it, saying, oh, we're going to get it again, I can't wait, da-da-da-da-da. It just lets AEW know that, oh, okay, we can just do what we want, and they'll love everything. They won't hate anything that we do. They'll always praise our shit. No. No. Don't. Tell them we don't want this again, because I don't. We don't. I talked to four people that said, why the fuck are they doing this again? But then you go on Twitter and everyone's like, the pay-per-view, it's Jericho MJF. This is going to rock. This is going to be dope. This is fire. It's not. We saw this match last week. I highly doubt, I highly doubt that this match is any different than last week's match. This is going to be very similar. The finish might be different. But as far as the action does go, these two working together, we've seen this three times already. And every time it's basically the same match. So, yeah. And Saturday says it's different because of logical booking. They're not trying to be like WWE. Logical in what way? When you say that a match is the end of a feud, you don't then renege on that and say, oh, we're just going to do it again in two and a half weeks. That's not logical. It's not logical to say this is the end and then keep on doing it. It's not. And this, and it's the fans that praise this bullshit that tells Tony Khan, okay, yeah, they like it. We'll just, yep, okay, uh uh-huh. Because how much you want to bet Jericho loses? And when we go on and wins the boat? October? Jericho Cruz. Are they still doing the damn cruise in October? Yes, October 21st through the 25th. How much do you want to bet Jericho's on the cruise, MJF's in the ring, and he just, Hey, Max, let's go. Let's do this again. Like, fuck. Anyways, they're doing Jericho MJF at the pay-per-view yet again. Next up, Varsity Blondes. Got a promo in the locker room. Talking about their upcoming match with the Lucha Brothers. Because they're not the Lucha Bros anymore. Now they're the Lucha Brothers. Also, good to hear Justin Roberts back. He's missed the last week and a half or so of television. Anyways, Lucha Brothers. Varsity Blondes. Varsity Blondes says they may not be blood, but their bond is just as strong. Zed, they're focused on their goal. Taking on the Young Bucks inside the steel cage at the pay-per-view. We got that match. It was the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon and Phoenix, or Penta El Cerro Miedo, Penta and Phoenix, against the Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. Not a bad match. Um, The Bucks and their elite brothers came out and watched. So, just like the opener, the fans were into it at the beginning, and then the longer the match went, the less they were interested. Again, second match in a row that this has happened. They wanted to see this match at the start. And then the farther and farther in we got, the less and less interested this crowd was. So, this is the semifinals of the Tag Team Title Contenders Tournament. Winners go on to Friday to challenge the Jurassic Express for the title shot. The Griff Garrison and Ray Phoenix started off. They wrestled around, but had each other's big moves scouted. So, there was basically a stalemate until they both tagged out. Went to call for Cerro Miedo. The crowd chanted it, and he got right in Pillman's face. Pillman hit forearms, but ran into a thrust kick before hitting one of his own. A step-up Rana took down Penta, who came back with a sling blade. Penta followed it up with a loud overhead chop leading to a break. They also stated this is the same building where Brian Pillman's father, Brian Pillman Sr., took on, I want to say, Jushin Thunder Liger back in the day. We come back and neither team's really in control, and things kind of start getting a little sloppy. I want to say it things started getting a little sloppy here. Penta reached Phoenix for the tag, who took out Garrison with a mule kick before hitting a cutter on Pillman for a two. Penta and Garrison fought on the apron, but Pillman hit a springboard drop kick on Penta. Phoenix pulled Pillman to the floor, and the Lucha Bros hit stereo thrust kicks before Phoenix landed and assisted Tope Suicida. Back in the ring, the Blondes isolated Phoenix, and Garrison hit a diving crossbody for a two. Penta got involved, and they took turns kicking Pillman before an assisted package. Piledriver got the Lucha Bros the win out of nowhere. Kind of just came out of nowhere. like all of a sudden they just got the go to the finish call until he hit the pile driver and won. Kind of just seemed like they just rushed to the finish here. Very weird ending. After the match, the Lucha Bros and Drastic Express faced off in the ring. Bucks came in and shoved the Express into the Lucha Bros. It took like it looked like the two teams would have got heated. And then they kicked the Bucks to the floor and took him out with dives. So instead of, you know, setting up for this big match going, oh yeah, we're ready to fight each other, they end up teaming up. So whatever. Andrade and Chavo cut a video on pack. Basically said, Andrade is better and we'll find out it all out. So next up we had Jamie Hayter versus Red Velvet. Both women looked great and they kept it short. Hater shrugged off a dropkick and hit a follow-away slam early. They tried to state that she's one of the strongest women in all of the wrestling, just up there as strong as Nyla Rose and, and um, Chris Statlander. Dominated Velvet with strikes early until Velvet battled Hater to the floor. Velvet followed this up with two great suicide dives ahead of a break. Baker got involved, attacking Velvet from behind while the official was distracted. Um. Looking at the chat here, is someone posting spoilers? I don't see anything. Gabriel says no, no rampage spoilers. I don't see any in the chat. So yeah, um, I don't know. Anyways, once back from the break, they were trading forearms. Velvet got the upper hand with a clothesline and a back elbow, followed by a kazurada bulldog. Baker got on the apron, forcing Velvet to strike her to the floor. Elvin missed a standing moonsault, so Hader killed her with a codebreaker and a running lariat for the victory. Hader and Rebel then attacked after the match, and Chris Statlander ran down to make the save. She then faced off with Baker, who escaped to the floor. Then we saw a very weird segment here with Dark Order. I don't know if they're teasing the breakup of the Dark Order or if they're teasing... A new person coming in to lead the Dark Order. This was very interesting. So, Dark Order were backstage. And Evil Uno said the Dark Order is a unit. And units sometimes face obstacles. Like a couple of weeks ago, when Nobleman came out to help Hangman Page. Because Hangman didn't want it. and But then... Because that everyone was mad that he wouldn't let them help Hangman. They didn't come to support them in their tag, tag team match recently. And Alex Reynolds stands up. He's like, yeah, I got a problem with you, Uno. You're not our leader. Just because your name is one doesn't mean anything. It's your fault that Hangman got beat down by the super elite. Uno then told Reynolds, you need to watch yourself. You need to sit back down and stay in John Silver's shadow. Or else. And I'm like, oh. Are they teasing a breakup? Like. Some of the members leaving Dark Order? Are they teasing? Because he also said, you're not our leader, even though your name is one. One is in your name. Are they teasing dissension in the Dark Order and then someone needs to come in and reignite them as far as bring them back together? I don't know. Could be interesting. Could be interesting to see where this goes. It was very odd because it felt like a breakup, but a tease of someone coming in to bring them back together all in one. So next up, Tony Schiavone's in the ring and he brings out who he calls the best in the world, CM Punk. You go down to the ring, Punk goes down to the ring and he gets in there with Tony and Tony's like, you know what, if there's one thing, name one thing that, or he said, what is one thing that brought you back here to All Elite Wrestling? What is one thing that brought you back to wrestling? And Punk's just like, um, I can't hear you, Tony. I don't know what you're saying. And the crowd gets louder CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. He's like, but this ain't a bad thing. And they go and he goes, all right, all right, all right. I, I got to hear what Tony's saying. We got to get this interview going. And so he's like, you know what? Because Ray Phoenix, Penta Sierra Miedo. And he names all these young guys. He goes, and of course, Darby Allen. Punk put over Allen huge. Says, when he sees Allen wrestle, he thinks, CM Punk still go. CM Punk still have it. And if so, they'll learn that. Because it starts with taking on Darby Allen. So when Punk was 15, Allen, or said, so when I was 15, Darby Allen would have been my favorite wrestler. He doesn't fit the mold. Just like they told me I didn't fit the mold back in the day. You're not the biggest, you're not the strongest, but you've got the heart. The fans then started chanting, yes. And Punk told them, be patient, be patient. And I go. He just teased Brian Danielson. He knows something. He knows something. The fans are like, yes, 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 yes. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Be patient. He said it all out. Punk's not here to prove the haters wrong. He's here to prove himself right. He then said, oh, hey, one one more thing, by the way. My beautiful wife back at home. love you, April. And everyone on Twitter goes, that's it. AJ Lee's coming because he said her name. And I go, People are so dumb. And then goes and hugs a bunch of people at ringside. High fives all the crowds. Goes and hugs Tony Schiavone. They laugh off. The crowd was so loud that they couldn't hear him. And then ends the segment. Then kick it to Miro. Miro admitted that he was a little wrong about Fuego Del Sol. But he doesn't forgive him. And he doesn't forgive Eddie Kingston. He said he will find Kingston because he is the redeemer. His wife will love him. Because he is the champion. He said, quote, bring on the Mad King before I burn this place to the ground. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Punk also said he no longer needs to be the voice of the voices because this damn place is so loud. So next up, we had John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen taking on the wingmen. Ryan Nemeth, Cesar Bononi, and J.D. Drake with Peter Avalon on ringside. And this, if you want to say there was a nothing match on this show, this was one of them. Actually, a lot of these were nothing matches, but this was one of them. Both six man tags were nothing matches, to be completely honest. But Darby Allin sent JD Drake to the floor early, and Drake moved out of the way to, to sidestep a dive. Kingston and Nemeth tagged in, the latter posed, so Kingston took him out with a chop. Benoni then came in and had a shoulder block. They had like a shoulder block battle with Kingston, but a blind tag from Moxley allowed him and Kingston to take out Cesar Benoni ahead of a commercial break. Benoni was beating up Moxley when we returned. Moxley powered out, though, and attacked and tagged back Eddie. He hit a kitchen sink and a Uranagi. Nemeth distracted and allowed J.D. Drake to take out Kingston. Moxley bit at Drake's face as Kingston tagged in Darby. Allen hit an avalanche code red and laid in slaps until Peter Avalon tripped him up. Sting, Moxley, and Kingston cornered Avalon and beat him down. Nemeth then brought a chair into the ring, so Moxley and Kingston just took it. Took him out. Allen and Drake were left. Allen hit a stunner and a coffin drop for the victory. This really felt like one of those matches back in the early days of Dynamite when it's like, we just need stuff that the fans are going to probably like. We're going to get all their favorites in here just to pick up a win and then see where it goes. That's exactly what this match was. Three guys that they know the crowd loves and just a way for them to get wins. It was very reminiscent of those 2019 early Dynamites where it's just like, yeah, we kind of got a direction, but we got a bunch of guys that you like that we don't have a direction for at the moment, so we're just going to throw them all together and do this. After the match, Daniel Garcia ran out and attacked Darby before fleeing once Sting, Moxley, and Kingston entered the ring. I have no clue what this is leading to. Like, why would Daniel Garcia attack Darby? Darby's working with Punk. Are we going to get Daniel Garcia and Darby after All Out? I don't know, but this seemed super random and made absolutely no sense. They then announced nine women for the AEW Women's Casino Battle Royale that will take place on the buy-in for AEW All Out. And those nine women are, hold on, i got them written down. Nyla Rose, Red Velvet, Ty Conti, Penelope Ford, Diamante, Thunder um, Rosa The Bunny Big Swole and Julia Hart Will all be in Be The first nine announced For the twenty twenty one woman Battle Royal Now I don't know If her no compete will be up by then or not But I can see them bringing in uh, Mercedes Martinez for this She was just recently released by WWE I don't think her 30 day will be up But there's a good possibility Let me see um, Mercedes Martinez. See, when was she released? Ta-da-da. August 6th, so no. It'd just be slightly missing it. Ty Conti talked about being in the Casino Battle Royale, as well as the Dark Order's tension. The bunny came up and goes, why are you still dealing with the Dark Order? Why are you still worried about them? You should join a real family. How about the HFO? Here's a contract right here. And Conti threw it down and says, I don't want this. Slapped the bunny. Bunny slapped her. They brawled. It was whatever. Dax Harvard provided an update on Cash Wheeler saying that the nerves in his arm aren't firing the way that they should. But he's gotten approval for one more match. All of a sudden Cash walks up. And says that he ain't gonna stop until he gets the flesh of proud and powerful. He then showed his arm taped up and says, I don't know when this is gonna be back. When this is gonna be working again, but we're ready. Top guys out. I got a Kenny Omega promo. This one's just way too much over the top comedy for me. It's Omega, Callus, Nakazawa, and Cutler. Callus immediately Interrupts Tony Schiavone, who's trying to conduct the promo, and said, That All Out, you're going to take Christian Cage. Take him out once and for all. And cue up Christian's music. He came out, and they played a video of Callus and Christian's history. With Callus booking Christian on his first ever televised match and immediately firing him after. Christian called Callus a, quote, carny piece of shit. Omega said that clearly... Nothing has changed in 27 years, and Callis compared himself to promoters like Watts, Vince McMahon. He said it straight up, Vince McMahon, and Vern Gagne. Christian completely ignored it, which infuriated Callus. Callus said it all out. Christian would find out what Callus has known his entire career. Christian's only second best. And they call him second best. And fucking Kenny goes, yeah, you think you know me? 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 Christian attacks, but is overwhelmed by the numbers until Frankie Kazarian runs out and makes a save. A little Vince McMahon full-on name drop and an Edge reference. You think you know me? You think you know me? You think you know me? This is all right, but a little bit too much over the top by Kenny and Don. Well, another underwhelming announcement. John Moxley goes, I sent all these contracts off to Japan and I only got one back. When I looked at the name, I wasn't sure about this name. And I thought I had to put some glasses on to really read this. But it said, Kojima, Toshi. Yes, I know Kojima's a legend. But I'm a little insulted that Kojima feels that he can go toe-to-toe with me. Once that bell rings, he has no respect for anyone. Moxley, that is. Said it all out? It's a public execution. Of Satoshi Kojima. And I go, really? Kojima? That's the best they can do? That's the best they can do. Moxley and Kojima. You can get any of these guys you want. I get it. They've got a show the night before. Or the same day or whatever. The day before. So they can't give up just anybody. I would rather see someone from New Japan strong. Like give me fucking John Moxley. and 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 filthy Tom Lawler. But I get it. He wants to face someone... From Japan. New Japan proper. But it's like, really? Kojima? That sounds more like a Dynamite Rampage match than a match you put on pay-per-view. That ain't going to be a pay-per-view drawing match. That's just going to be up. Uh, Mox is going get to a, get a win against a legend. but th- It's a nothing match. 100%. Next up, we have the Factory. QT Marshall, Nick Camarado, and Aaron Solo. Against the Gun Club, Billy Gunn, Austin Gunn, and Colton Gunn. Uh, We also had Paul White on commentary. Baby Faces, or the Powerhouses started off this match. Billy and and Nick faced off until Austin and Solo tagged in. And I think it was Paul White himself that actually kind of put over Aaron Aaron Solo as being a good athlete. Uh, We saw a clothesline from QT on the apron that allowed the factory to take over as we went to a break. Once back, Camarada was in control. Solo tagged in, allowing Austin to escape to Colton for the hot tag. Colton hit a corner splash on Solo and QT. QT then taunted and pointed at Paul White on commentary that infuriated Paul White. So then Billy Gunn rolled him up and picked up the victory. Like, Paul White's literally just talking on commentary, and Tony's like, You know, he's pointing at you, right? He's, he's jaw jacking towards you. He's like, wait, what? He is? And he takes off his headset and he gets all pissed off. And I go, this fucker ain't even paying attention to the match. Wow. I want to say thank you to Jack Dawson for the super sticker donation. Really to do appreciate that on YouTube. But it's just like, he didn't even get mad until Tony Schiavone goes, hey, look, QT out here pointing at you and jaw jacking towards you. And he's like, oh, wait, he is? Oh, well, I better do something about that we got Dan Lambert with the men of the year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, he said he couldn't believe that the AEW fans want to see people like a little skinny gymnast who proposes to his girlfriend or, or a guy that puts his hands in his pockets every single week because they're not tough guys. Lambert says he's brought some real men who will stand up to him, stand up to the woke masses like a former MMA fighter turned pro wrestler Scorpio Sky or a... Two-time black belt in karate and jiu-jitsu, Ethan Page. He said these two will set the example. And they got some announcements for the next couple of weeks. Or next couple of shows. A Rampage this week, it's Ty Conti in the, uh, taking on the Bunny. Jurassic Express versus the Lucha Bros. The winners get the Young Bucks at the take at the pay-per-view for the title. And also, here's a random-ass one. Kenny Omega and Brandon Cutler against Christian Cage and Frankie Kazarian. Next week, you get Brian Cage versus Powerhouse Hobbs, Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans, FTR versus Santana and Ortiz. so here's my issue with AEW. They, didn't, they said that Cash is not on 100%, but they're going to let them wrestle. It's just like letting fucking Britt Baker wrestle while she's still got the fucking cast on her wrist. You're going to let these people wrestle hurt and, and risk them getting hurt worse? Tisk tisk. Chris Jericho is going to do a sit down interview with Jim Ross, and MJF is going to do a sit down interview with M, uh, a sit down interview with MJF. Yeah, you heard that right. Also, Jim Ross stated that he did a sit down interview with uh, CM Punk. He said it's one of the most honest interviews I've ever done, and it will air on the Road 2 Show the Friday before um, All Out. It will air on TNT right after Rampage. So that should be interesting. Also, as far as Rampage does go, we've got the AEW world title on the line. When Kenny Omega defends against the AEW, no, the AEW world title will be on the line. When Kenny Omega defends against the Impact Wrestling world champion, Christian Cage. CM Punk will be going one-on-one with Darby Allin. The AEW Women's World Championship will be on the line with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defends against Chris Statlander. The AEW World Tag Team Championships will be on the line inside of a steel cage when the Young Bucks defend against the winners of Jurassic Express and the Lucha Brothers. Andrade Alidolo will be taking on Pac. And what they are, I hope they're truthful on this one, calling the final fight. Chris Jericho versus MJF. If Jericho loses, he will never wrestle again. Paul White will be taking on QT Marshall. And on the buy-in, we got the casino, the Women's Casino Battle Royale. Where the winner gets a future shot at the AEW Women's World Championship. So R. Anderson is interviewed in the back by Alex Marvez. Anderson was asked about the experience, the difference in experience between his son and Malachi Black. He's like, "Yeah, Brock's in over his head. He said, "What? Six professional matches, which where the fuck did these matches take place? Hold on. Brock. Anderson Cage match. He's had six matches. Not that I knew of. Um, He's had so little of matches, he don't even got a cage match profile yet. Anyways, he said Brock's had like only six professional matches where Black, Malachi Black's been around for 19 years. He said, but the one thing his son's got, he's got guts. Unfortunately, good doesn't always conquer evil. I'll go down with Brock, but he's not really happy that this is happening. So, Malachi Black makes his entrance. Crowd go crazy for Malachi Black. Brock Anderson comes out, and the crowd starts to die. And they don't care at all. Black immediately corners Brock and laid in repeated strikes. Anderson, considered throwing in the towel, arm that is, but instead dropped it. Black then said, you picked that up, old man. This ain't happening like that. Allen, or This allowed Brock to try and surprise Black with some strikes from the back. But it didn't do anything. Black then came back with an overhead throw and a spinning heel kick to pick up the victory in like two, three minutes. The show's got about four minutes left. And I go, huh, wonder what's going to happen here. After the match, Black grabbed a chair. He faced off with Arn Anderson. who was like, come on, come at me. I'll defend my kid. Arn told him, get rid of the chair though and square up. Arn blocked a spinning heel kick. Black was shocked by this. Black then kicked him in the balls with a low blow and then a spinning wheel kick. So the camera, so Malachi Black is in the corner and the camera's right in his face. Like, like this. And you hear Black's music. And then the music changes, but there's no transition. It just immediately changes. But it's not that big of a difference in music where it's still like a rock theme where you don't really notice it. I noticed it, but most probably didn't. Commentary didn't. And they're still talking about, oh, my God, he took out Arn Anderson and this and that. And who could stop Malachi Black? And then about 30 seconds after the music change, we then hear, wait, that's Lee Johnson. What is he doing out here? And Lee Johnson comes out, gets into the ring. Malachi Black bails. And this crowd, you would have thought, were all muted. Not a peep from this crowd. Commentary didn't even realize that the music had changed and they played Lee Johnson's music until he came out. So he was walking down the ramp. They all of a sudden go, oh wait, they, Lee Johnson's coming out here. What is he doing? Like I heard it, but I thought maybe it was just a weird key change or something in Black's music. Cause it's like, and sudden it just goes, and I'm like, that different music? Or is there just like a weird cut in Black's music because like it hit the end of his music and it started over. No, that was Lee Johnson's music hitting and nobody gave a fuck. Nobody gave a fuck when Lee Johnson came out here. Again, commentary didn't even make a a call of this until he finally walked out and was out there for a moment. Like That's how bad this was. And what is this leading to? Lee Johnson versus Malachi Black for him to get his head kicked off? No one's interested in that. But this show ended on such a down note that it was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. That wasn't good. But with that, that was AEW Dynamite. I thought it was just a show. Nothing special at all. We had a couple matches that seemed like they could have been good matches and then fluttered and kind of fizzled out. And the crowd was there for it. They were like, hey. I'm hyped for this match, but the the more the matches went and fizzled out, the more the crowd fizzled out, and so I don't know. It just didn't have it tonight. This just wasn't their night. But with that, guys, I want to say that you heard what I had to say. Now let's take it to you guys. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 50% of you liked the show. 33 thought it was just all right, and 17 did not like it. As far as the YouTube poll does go, pull that up right here. 69% of you liked tonight's Dynamite. 25% thought it was just all right. And 6% did not like it. See if we have any text messages here. Got a couple. Got a couple. Uh, where is Selena De Lorenta? Was she going to WWE or do you have any news about her? I know WWE is very interested in her, but I haven't heard anything about her at all in the last month says, do you see the Lucha Bros winning the AEW World Tag Tiles at All Out? I could. I would like it. But I just, I don't think that. I'm 50-50 on it right now. But if I had to make a pick today, like you put a gun to my head, I'd say Bucks. Versus, what an excited dynamite. All Out is going to be great. Who are you seeing winning the Women's Casino Battle Royale? Do you think Darby Allin is ready for Punk? I think Darby's ready for Punk. As far as winning the Battle Royale. I think we have to wait to see who's all in it before I can make a prediction. Um, so it says, do you think we might see the Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros for the AEW champion, Tag Championships? I agree with you about AEW tonight. Yes, I think the Lucha Bros beat Jurassic Express and get that tag title shot. Um, Do you think the first AEW star... Who do you think the first AEW star to debut in WWE will be? So you say... Who's the first person to leave AEW and go straight to WWE? That's a tough one. I know that there's guys that they're interested in. That's, their contracts are coming up in the next four months. On, I know they want Hangman. Triple H has wanted Hangman since 2018. And I know they're still interested. I don't know if it's possible, but that's somebody that did I think if Triple H had the the means to do so, he would go after when he knows that when when Hangman's contract comes up. If he doesn't resign before that, um, this person says, "Do you see the Dark Order breaking up anytime soon?" I mean, they teased it, but I think what's going to happen is somebody's going to come in to mend them. Versus Dynamite was so boring. Or says, do you think Chavo ended up wrestling in AEW and possibly joining Andrade's group as a wrestler? There is the possibility, but when's the last time Chavo actually wrestled? I don't even know. And also, this person says, keep up the great work. What match are you looking forward to to see the most at AEW All Out? And what was the best match you thought CM Punk had in your opinion? My favorite CM Punk match of all time is always Money in the Bank 2011 John Cena-CM Punk. That's like my favorite match of all time, so... Want to say that one. As far as the most anticipated match for the pay-per-view, it's going to be Punk and Darby to see how Punk actually does. If you say that's a cop-out answer, then I'll say tag title match. If it's Bucks and Lucha Bros in the cage, that can be great. And last text message here says, do you think Punk will be a heel or a babyface going forward after All Out? That's a tough one. I can see him being a heel. He's not going to be at All Out because that crowd's going to cheer for him Big time in Chicago, but I think we wait and see how the match in Chicago goes at all out, and then we judge it from there. Because right now, he's just going to get monster reactions everywhere. So you assume babyface, but he can try to heal it up. We don't know. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember to follow us on social media, Facebook.com forward slash prowrestlingultd. Follow us on Instagram by searching for Pro Wrestling Unlimited. and follow us on Facebook or on Twitter at PWUnlimited. Also, remember to support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. And if you ever miss any of these podcasts and go, eh, I don't want to watch the video on YouTube, I want to listen to it. Well, you can do so on all major podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor.fm, and so many more. But with that, guys, we will be back this Friday for Friday Night Smackdown. Maybe Rampage if the spoilers sound good. I'll let you guys know if we do Rampage or not. But with that, guys, have a great rest of your night, and I'll see you next time. Have a good one.